Welcome to the Huda Thunk It podcast, episode 22. And this episode is going to be about a historical figure, also has shrouded in myth and legend. He's known as Drupka Kunli. I'm sorry, there's going to be a lot of uh, not-so-good pronunciations this episode. He's also known as Kungalegpai Zangpo. And he lived from 1455 to 1529. That's so we're we're going back quite far this time. Drupika Kunli fascinates me for for many reasons. One is that he pursued and practiced enlightenment through what is known as divine madness. Divine madness is unconventional, the outrageous, unexpected, and unpredictable behavior through spiritual pursuits. Some examples of divine madness can be found in Christianity. Hinduism, Buddhism, and shamanism. So it's not just something that 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 uh, Buddhists do or Hindus do. It, Christianity had uh, practice, practitioners of divine madness as well. It is enlightened behavior by people who have transcended societal norms for spiritual practices. So the behaviors seem like symptoms of mental illness to most of society, but they are a form of religious ecstasy or deliberate, st- strategic, purposeful activity by highly self-aware individuals making strategic use of the theme of madness in the construction of their public personas. So it is behavior that is consistent with the premises of spiritual path or a form of complete absorption in God. A good example of divine madness or a good character, um, as Plato would call it, is King Bumi from Avatar The Last Airbender. If you don't watch that show, you don't know what I'm talking about. But my fellow fans of Avatar The Last Airbender, the animated Nickelodeon series, there's a character known as King Bumi, and he was quite, he always seemed quite mad. But in the end, you would always know he's trying to teach a, a lesson. And there's, there's lots of other characters in pop culture that you could also point to. Before I get into Drupka Kunli's life story, it's important to note Drupka Kunli religion and spiritual status. He was a Buddhist yogi. And what is a yogi? Uh, Wailana.com, that's W-A-I-L-A-N-A.com, defines a true yogi as they're humble. They may not be doing extreme backbends or advanced balancing poses. In fact, they may not be practicing asanas at all. But because they have achieved inner peace and calm through meditation, they have attained yoga's higher goal. So a yogi is someone who who practices yoga and has sort. They're sort of like the. I don't want to say the priests of yoga, but they're they're like the masters of yoga, right? But it doesn't mean that they're doing what we understand as yoga. Apologies to Buddhists out there for butchering this explanation here, but asanas is basically the physical poses us Westerners are familiar with as we pass yoga studios on the street. The asanas is just a very small part of yoga. Before the 1900s, yoga had very little to do with physical fitness like the yoga most of our familiar with today. What Westerners call yoga today is actually a mix of yoga, asanas, a very small part of yoga as a whole that uh, was really practiced and rarely practiced and usually by low caste street performers for money and a series of strength building poses created by a Swedish gymnast at the turn of the 20th century. He called it primitive gymnastics. Yes, you heard right. The majority of what Westerners call yoga today was actually developed by a Swedish guy trying to get his swole on (laughs) just 100 years ago. Drupka Kunli was a true traditional yogi of the 15th century. Back then, the goal of yogic, yogic yogic lifestyle was to expand spiritual energy using the breath and mental focus. A yogic lifestyle is meant to bring balance, positivity, health, and happiness into your life. So when we say Drupka Kunli was a yogi, 
we don't mean a fitness coach who wears spandex and uses a yoga mat. He's someone who finds spirituality and, and enlightenment through breathing exercises, more likely. Enough of uh, enough of the background stuff, though. Let's get into the life story of this absolute legend. Kunli's childhood was rough, to say the least. He was born to a fairly wealthy family, and in his youngest years, he liked to play jokes on the locals as a town prankster. But his family's power was being usurped by another family. Kunli's paternal uncle sold out his family, which led to Kunli's dad's murder. And then his mom ended up marrying the very same uncle, the people who came into power also overtook the local monasteries and controlled what religion could be practiced in the region. All this by the age of 19, that is when Kunli said, Having thought that there was no point in anything, if I could not practice the Dharma, I prepared to wander through the country. From then on, he traveled all over southern Tibet and the Himalayan mountains, where he met many Buddhist masters. Once Drupka Kunli took his monastic vows, he taught and learned with masters and commoners alike. He frequented a small country in the Himalayan mountains known as Bhutan to spread the word of Buddhism. To this day, the Bhutanese people revere Drukko Kunli for his unique style of religious practice. He is a patron saint to the Bhutanese people and through word of mouth, his legend has grown over the centuries. These tales, in addition to producing a range of rituals oriented around fertility and sexuality, present Drupka Kunli as a wild, womanizing antinomian crazy yogi uh, whose most prevalent activities include subduing demon demons and demonesses in order to transform them into protectors of the uh, buddha dharma and seducing beautiful women as a means of awakening their potential as suitable vessels for receiving the buddhist teachings all while under the influence of the potent local brew known as ara or arag uh, so you heard that right he <laughs> Drupka Kunli was known for his crazy methods of enlightening other beings, mostly women, which earned him the title the Saint of 5,000 Women. Among other things, women would seek his blessing in the form of sex. His intention was to show that it is possible to be enlightened, impart enlightenment, and still lead a very healthy sexual life. He demonstrated that celibacy was not necessary for being enlightened. He wanted to expand the range of means by which enlightenment could be imparted, while adding new evolution, evolutionary prospects to the overarching tradition. Drupka Kunli's legend is associated with a rich tradition of symbolic imagery, particularly the graphically depicted phalluses painted on the outer walls of many Bhutanese homes, as well as the flying phalluses suspended from doorways. Uh, so yes, phalluses painted all over this countryside in very mystic and beautiful ways, but they're just large murals of penises all over the country. One of his most talked about legends is that three demons were terrorizing people in Dracula on the Dracula Pass in Bhutan. When he showed up to confront the three demons, they combined into one and took the shape of a giant, ferocious dog. The divine man-man had to think fast. He didn't have the usual weaponry, no sword or knife, no bow and arrow, so he used the only weapon he had left, his legendary penis. Because of this legend and his power to awaken unenlightened beings, Kunli's penis is referred to as, and I quote here, the thunderbolt of flaming wisdom. And he himself is known as the fertility saint. For this reason, Women from all around the world visited his monastery to seek his 
blessing. And some of his most famous performances include urinating on sacred uh, tankas and stripping down naked or offering his testicles to a famous lama. He is one of very few Buddhist teachers to almost always appear in Bhutanese paintings topless. This is because Drupa Kunli didn't like to be clothed at all. I can relate. Most paintings show him shirtless with a bottle of wine in one hand and a bow and arrow in the other. Sounds like my kind of dude. It is known that Drupa Kunli would not bless anyone who came to seek his guidance and help unless they brought a beautiful woman and a bottle of wine. His fertility temple, Chimi Lakang, is, I'm sorry about these pronunciation, is today filled with the weaved portable wine bottles. Uh, Chimi Lakang is where Drupa Kunli buried the giant demon dog. Today it is a fertility temple where couples come if they cannot conceive a child. The monks there perform a, to this day, perform a ritual to help with conception. This ritual is done on the condition that the child either be brought back to the temple as an infant, so the monk can name it, or if the couple cannot make the journey back, they must name the child Kunli. So there's an entire generation of kids named Kunli or a, ver a girl, a female version of Kunli. Uh, it's, it's a great legend. There's a popular story that tells how Drupka Kunli taught a refuge mantra uh, filled with curse words to an old man named Ap Tenzi, Tend, Tendzin, uh, Ap Bastzin, uh, that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> instructing him to repeat the mantra as loudly as possible at all times. And Ap Tenzid recitations deeply embarrassed his wife and daughter. Yeah, he's just saying all these curse words all the time as loud as he can. And he and his wife and daughter confined him to a small hut outside their main home. That's how embarrassed they were. One day, not hearing the old man's prayers, his daughter investigates, opening the door to his hut. She finds only a sphere of rainbow light with a large syllable A-H in the center of it. As she watches, the sphere rises up into the clear sky, trailing the sound of her father's voice behind it, chanting those crude curse words. As a result, both mother and daughter develop profound faith in Drupka Kunli. So Drupka Kunli, there was this old man who was having health issues, and Drupka Kunli said, I need you to recite this mantra. And the mantra was filled with curse words. And, and he went up as a rainbow ball into the sky with curse words trailing in his voice. Here are some of his own words. Okay, so at, at his mother's funeral, Drupa Kunli sang a song, and this is just part of it. And it, it's, my old father, Rinchen Zangpo, was murdered. My old mother, Gongmo Ki, has passed away. Myself and my son, we are cut off from Reilung Kangmo, O protector deities of Druk. Wherever we wander in the world, protect us from obstacles. The homeland I loved has become a wasteland. The abbot I loved has fled. I, non-conceptual wisdom, and hopelessly stranded between the extremes of existence and non-existence. Oh, self-knowing wisdom, wherever I dwell in the world of apparent world, may I avoid taking appearances as real. I find this funeral song so profound. Quote, hopelessly stranded between the extremes of existence and non-existence. That coming from a guy known as the patron saint of fertility, the saint of 5,000 women who like to be paid in booze. There's some depth to this guy. And here's one of his poems about happiness. Quote, I am happy that I am a free yogi, so I grow more and more into my inner happiness. I can have sex with many women because I help them to 
I help them to go the path of enlightenment. Outwardly, I am a fool, and inwardly, I live with a clear spiritual system. Outwardly, I enjoy wine, women, and song, and inwardly, I work for the benefit of all beings. Outwardly, I live for my pleasure, and inwardly, I do everything in the right moment. Outwardly, I am a ragged beggar, and inwardly, a blissful Buddha. So, what became of Drupa Kunli and his flaming thunderbolt of wisdom? You ask. Some legends state he was killed by a piercing bolt of rainbow that struck him in the foot, and that a bright rainbow of colors illuminated the sky of the Himalayas in the middle of winter when he passed. However, Bhutanese oral traditions of Gupta Kunli maintain that he did not actually die, but instead, for the benefit of beings, he sent his consciousness to the Jokang Temple in Lhasa, where it entered into the side of Jowo Sakuyamuni statue. There. He resides to this day, awaiting the appropriate time to return to benefit beings. So that's Drupal Kunli and his thunderbolt of wisdom. I hope you enjoyed it, episode twenty-two. I've been away for quite some time, taking some weeks off. That's why I'm also going to record a bonus episode today. Thank you for listening, guys.、Uh, we're up to thirteen countries, five different continents. I really love doing this podcast, and I hope you keep listening. Have a wonderful day.